Good evening, everyone. Let's uh, let's get the show on the road. Hey Jen. Hey Nelv, how you doing? All right, it's uh, it's another Wednesday night, and we're all crossed out again. <laughs> yeah, this is probably going to be extra scattery this week because reasons. But whatever. Anyway, we're just basically trying to ignore the impending doom that is probably going to be beset upon us tomorrow and Friday and whenever. And we just want to take time to discuss other things before everything goes to shit and also yoko may be making an appearance here because it is thundering at noam's place and she is kind of having a little freak out but that's okay because it's fine and it's cute yes my dog uh my dog yoko she uh she's not a fan of uh of thunder and the second one you know one will like boom she will all of a sudden show up at my side and like inch closer to me she's not a she's not a fan of those noises and uh, and so she's uh, she's keeping me close company here and you might hear like dark and stormy night sounds here i'll try to be ominous <laughs> um and so yeah as jen said that you know there's uh there's there's big awful story things that are going on right now and uh and will might happen you know between now and the end of the week but there's also other more f- f- fun things uh, is that is that the right way to, to describe this I'm not sure I but, don't know but <laughs> yeah um, so, some of this is not I mean it's it's fun in the way that it's not super serious I suppose but then again it is kind of serious but not on the level of probably what was going to be like impacting the rest of this week because obviously I think probably either tomorrow or Friday we're going to get the Dobbs decision which I'm uh, <laughs> no I'm not looking forward to that no but, no 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 sorry let's, let's enjoy our pre-Dobbs world while we have it <laughs> yes eat drink and be merry for tomorrow we uh for tonight we died in hell <laughs> <laughs> This is SCOTUS! <laughs> kicks a pregnant like and he kicks a pregnant woman down the well. It's like Dallas like, humor for me because I live in a state where when Roe is overturned, we will have a six week abortion ban. So oh Lord, help me. Not that it really pertains to me personally right now, but still anywho. Yes. Um, and, and so I think, uh, I think, uh, the, the, the titular story for this episode is the Ezra Miller situation. Now, now Ezra Miller is now non-binary and uses they, them pronouns, which is, can, can we like, again, I'm, I'm not a gender maximalist. I actually don't mind 
uh, you know, people's pronoun of choice. It's just very frustrating that the, the you know, the, like the plural nouns, uh, the pr- plural pronouns are uh, making communication really confusing. And like it sounds janky and jilted. And I really wish there was a different one that we could use. I was once writing a piece, I believe it was for my Substack, where I had somebody I was writing about use they, them pronouns. It was very difficult and very, like, triggering for me to have to use they in non-grammatical ways. But, I mean, as far as Ezra Miller is concerned, that's, like, literally the least concerning issue. But it is funny that you bring it up because I, I forget... I didn't grab the name of the woman who wrote the piece. Like somebody just wrote a piece for the cut, which is part of the New Yorker about how the they, them pronouns are just been totally co-opted and like now everybody's using them. And it's just like, and we're, I'm looking at this. I'm like, okay. So I remember like, 30 minutes ago when it was the most bigoted thing in the world to point out that the they, them, or even pronouns in general was a trendy thing to do. And now it's just like accepted to say that in public that like, Oh my God, everybody is doing it. And like capitalism has latched onto it. And now it's like a thing and everybody's doing it. And so now like, what is the point? Even? The, the piece did include, though, a couple of interesting like observations, maybe unself-aware, potentially unself-aware observations. But yeah, about the idea that like pronouns have become like a persnickety, like just the realm of like nitpicky, uh, 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 you know, like people with a chip on their shoulder who just want to like, you know, like uh, – continuously focus on this completely irrelevant little thing that doesn't even does it really doesn't even matter that much right the core the core of uh the core of like pro, you know proper pronoun use i mean look i i was a kid with uh long hair and a high voice when i was a tweener and i got called a girl all the time yeah it was embarrassing and it fucking sucked right and so yeah i get i mean i'm not not that i'm comparing my struggles to that of a trans person but like i'm saying like i get the core idea of like you want people to refer to you as the thing that you are but like it really has become like a thing in its own self what are your pronouns? You know, like it's your, it's, it becomes part of your identity. It's like your social security number. Right. And like part of it was the the author kind of complaining about how it's become so mainstream that even like Joe Biden and Kamala Harris have their pronouns in their like Twitter bios where it's like, no shit, Sherlock. Like, yes, Kamala is a he, her, and Joe Biden is a he, him. Like, Nobody had questions about this. Yes, and 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 initially the idea, I guess, was for even you know like cis and straight people to do it, so that uh, people who are LGBT would feel more comfortable doing it, so that it wasn't just Solid. them doing it. But solidarity. Yes, but if your name is fucking you know Chad and you have a, a beard and uh, whatever. 
Like, I, I, you know, I, I, it's fine. You don't have to tell me that your pronouns are he, him. I'm probably just going to assume they are unless, you know, you tell me otherwise. But there are, again, we've gotten to the point where that doesn't matter. Like, I see people who are fully male presenting with a male sounding name and, you know, like male appearance, but they use they, them pronouns. Ezra Miller's a little like that, even though they are. We gonna just use, f- fuck it? I'm just gonna use it. I don't care what. I don't care what. I right. Fine, I don't care. I know. I mean, I'm, I'm, what I was saying is, I don't care. Like, I I live in an environment that uh, thinks that you know, like, fuck pronouns, and I'm gonna do what I want, and I'm not like that, and I don't care that that I get shit from like right wing people when I like respect somebody's pronouns. My joke was always like, I'll I'll respect your pronouns as I'm calling you a fucking asshole. That was my like, it was like, I'm not, it's not, it's because it's irrelevant to the argument. Like if we're arguing about something else and you happen to use they, them pronouns, I'm going to just like bring that into it. That's irrelevant. That's like you calling me ugly. If we're talking about policy, like it's, you don't have to drag that in unless you're arguing about pronouns, I guess. But if it's not that, um, I have no, I have no qualms. I just, like I said, the only thing is it makes talking about it clunky but anywho back to ezra miller which <laughs> i mean well again like the pronoun thing is literally the least of ezra miller that's true i was just, I, yeah i know this literally was supposed to be yes this was supposed to be like a, a quick thing about you know like the 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 awkwardness of discussing this but yes let's let's get to the actual point i mean i guess the idea is you know like the the headline for this story is the Flash movie is like, what the fuck are they going to do, right? They spent $200 million on this movie, right? It got delayed. It got different directors coming and going. There's got to be like, what, two or 300 people worked on this thing. And now, like, how are they going to release it with him as the, as the lead that they're going to promote heavily? Like, well, how do you do this? And, and just to back it up for everybody who has not really been paying attention to this, because yeah, this sorry, is actually right, a story. Right. Well, I mean, this is actually a story that has not gained a ton of mainstream traction, and I'm kind of like baffled as to why. But anyway, so Ezra Miller. Okay, so he played the Flash in Justice League. Um, he was in Fantastic Beasts. He was in all those movies. And he is, as of right now, Again, maybe this is changing while we're recording this, but he is the star of the upcoming Flash movie that is essentially Warner Brothers has developed a DC extended universe and the Flash movies seem to go to be the like marquee extended universe movies. I mean, obviously the, the marquee DC universe movie is Batman. But as far as the extended universe is concerned, it's going to be The Flash. And I've already seen, I forget what movie I was at, but they were already running like a trailer for the DC Extended Universe that already heavily featured The Flash and Aquaman and everybody else. But anywho, so as this movie, so this movie is not just like The Flash movie. It is a what they call. I mean, again, I don't know how into this stuff the people listening are but it is the it's the it, they're making a flashpoint movie which essentially means they're bringing in other universes it's their multiverse story flashpoint paradox is the big dc multiverse story 
that involves uh, a, a universe where, um, uh, like, instead of uh, Bruce Wayne's parents being murdered, it's Bruce Wayne, the child, who gets murdered, and then Thomas Wayne becomes Batman, and Martha Wayne goes crazy and becomes the Joker. And so there's this weird world, and uh, and uh, they're bringing in Michael Keaton and his original Batman. Potentially, I don't know if he's going to play Bruce Wayne from the from the uh, from the Burton Batman, or whether he will be Thomas Wayne Batman in the Flashpoint movie. But it is that's the thing. It's not just the Flash. It's opening up their DC multiverse shit, and so. It, you can't really just scrap it. Again, also, sunk cost $200 million. Even if you're... I mean, actually, especially if you're uh, DC, because they're not, you know, a wash in cash like Disney Marvel. Like, if they made a big... Like, if they had spent $200 million on a movie and they had some kind of st- situation like this, they could... E- I got a call and calls, uh, I guess, cut me off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Marvel could eat a loss like that, but I'm not sure DC could afford to right now. Okay, but here is the issue. So Ezra Miller, um, kind of a problematic person, <laughs> to put it lightly. Basically, where the situation is right now. Um, over the past couple of years, he has been charged with a couple of physical altercations. It seems like some drunken brawls, whatever. Okay. The problem is that now at this point, there are two complaints from parents that he was in inappropriate relationships with underage girls. And when I say underage, I don't mean like 17. I mean, like, both of these girls were 12 when he started these relationships with them, or at least started speaking to them. He's got restraining orders from both sets of parents on these girls. Like, the the first one, the main one that everybody knows about is, uh, I don't want to butcher her name, but Tonika... Standing Eagle, like it, it's a it's a Native American name. Yes, mm-hmm. and, and that that's not anything here or there. But anyway, but so anyway, her story is they met when she was twelve and he was twenty three, and so they developed some sort of relationship. Um, her parents alleged that there were drugs and alcohol involved, that there was like coercion involved, that there was kind of grooming involved. I mean, just I mean, I don't mean like. In the way that we throw around the word grooming, I mean like actual honest-to-God grooming. Yes. I, now, I don't know if this kid or the other kid was also non-binary of some sort, I think. Well, she was not non-binary when they first started speaking, but this is part of also her parents' uh, allegations is that she convinced her that she was transgender. And there's not been anything specifically said on either one of these two cases that anything sexual happened, but it's kind of implied in a certain way. But anyway, that he, whatever it was, he had an inappropriate relationship with these two girls who were obviously extremely underage. So now he is basically on the run from authorities trying to avoid being 
slapped with these restraining orders, being slapped with any kind of court order, stuff like that. There were situations where on his Instagram, it, he was posting up basically posts looking like he was taunting law enforcement and then he took those down and then he took the whole Instagram down. But yeah, basically this is like the public relations nightmare for Warner Brothers because now you have this situation where the star of what is going to be the marquee sort of franchise in your extended universe, because obviously I would assume that there's not going to be just one Flash movie. There was going to be extended sequels and prequels and God knows what else, because that's what we do now. But now it's a situation where you... Here's my thing. Warner Brothers is right now not committing to completely scrapping this current flash movie and for what it's worth it's the movie's done like it's in post it's in the can it's scheduled well they they pushed it back to june of next year because of quote unquote covid um we know better but yeah it's a situation where like what are they supposed to do because you can't I mean, for, for me, you can't go forward with him as a Flash, even logistically. Like, you can't do a press junket with Miller as the title role because you, you have one of two options here. He's either not going to show up or he is going to show up. Either way, it's going to completely eclipse anything about this movie. It's, it's, it, here's, here's my thing. Here's my calculation and here's how I calculate things. Warner Brothers is going to lose money on this regardless. Whether you release it this way, you don't release it this way, with Ezra Miller as The Flash, you are going to lose money. So how do you want to lose money? Do you want to lose money and gain the good PR of basically scrapping this version and recasting and either completely refilming or trying to refilm certain parts and splice it in, whatever? Or do you release the film and let it just be completely fucking savaged, which is what's going to happen. You, you, the only thing they can do is uh, put it on HBO Max. They cannot, they cannot put no. it out in theaters. I'll give an example. No. Like, so there's, there's a, a, a con- there, there are a couple of like conventional wisdom things about movies that, you know, like are, are kind of known, but for some reason, like usually aren't kind of mentioned or whatever. Uh, one of them is that the actual money spent on a movie is about double what you hear about the production budget because a, a studio will r- spend roughly the same amount marketing a movie as they did making it. So if a movie costs $200 million to make, they will spend roughly $200 million promoting it as well. Uh, and so, you know, that's, it needs to make mo- way more than what, you know, than what it, it brought in to like, quote unquote, act to, to actually become profitable. Like the break even point is not the profitability point. Uh, the second one is that big stars get paid lots of money to be in a movie for in, in large part because of how uh, hard they got to work to promote it, not work on it, promote it. Brad Pitt. Unless it's like a super like physically demanding movie, gets paid tens of millions of dollars because he has to go fly around the world and do 250 interviews and do all that bullshit. And that takes a lot. They spend more time doing that sometimes than they do actually making the movie again, unless it's some kind of 
more heavily involved thing, but they do like a, a big sweetening of these deals for big stars is promotion. And you can't promote a movie like this, like that. No. Your main star isn't there. Everybody's just going to be asked about that and nothing else. You don't want your cast out there having to answer questions about this. Like you don't want to send them into that lion's den again and again and again at all international media. What are you, crazy? But they also, I don't think they can afford to just shelve it. And so that's they'll probably like VOD it and put it on HBO Max, maybe like charge people extra money for it in the same way that they did for um, – uh, what was it? There were a couple of things in, that they did that. Was it Wonder Woman? I'm not sure. I, I, I can't remember. There was a thing like that where they were like going to charge extra money for it, even though on a, a streaming uh, supply. Um, or or here's the jam. Yeah. Oh, by here's- the way, Su- Super 7 says um, uh, that he, they did already confirm that, uh, that Miller's going to be out. Yeah. Regardless of what happens with this. Uh, and so... And so the question is, because they can't do a, because you know what, uh, yeah, go ahead. Which that was going to be my next point. It's like, okay, if Warner Brothers has already decided that for the next Flash movie, because I'm assuming there's going to be a next one, you're going to have to recast. That's always an awkward situation anyway. So if that decision has already been made, go ahead, make the decision now, refilm whatever you got to refilm release whatever you want to release of this particular Flash movie with whoever is going to fill that role going forward. Yeah, Gustin, as uh, again, Super 7 says, Grant Gustin, who plays the Flash in the in the Flarrowverse and everybody loves and is, yeah. you know, like, is sort of well-loved as the Flash and is already, you know, knows the part and, and, and also probably, like, will cost them less than bringing uh, some other giant star in what i think they're doing right now because there are two similar examples to this but nowhere near as big of a deal you got the johnny depp in the fantastic beasts franchise situation which just a side note um ezra miller tried to talk shit about that back when johnny depp was like cast in fantastic beasts about how it was problematic and i'm like uh, binge what yes Ooh, i could look at and look at both of them now look um, at you right and so what they did was they did some kind of like like grindelwald was using a different face um and uh the other one is uh the Zack snyder movie army of the dead had in it uh, the comedian Chris D'Elia, who got canceled for awful things that he said and did. And they brought in uh, the comedian Tig Notaro to replace him and did a thing where they kind of slotted her with like special effects into his role. But that was very limited. You, you can't do that. What I think is happening right now is I think the people at DC are sitting around and they, they said to their team – how cheap, like, what's the least amount of money we can spend to, like, replace Ezra Miller in this with somebody else and, like, not make it look like shit? Like, give us, like, the low, the most lowball estimate you can. How much will we need to reshoot? What parts could we maybe just, like, you know, like, redub or do some kind of special effect to, like, cover up? Uh, because, yeah, they're stuck with this. This would This would be, I think... 
the absolutely like biggest, you know, most insane movie to like n- not come out if they just decide to shelve it. Well, surpassing the previous one, which is a movie called uh, Armies of the Deep, I believe. Do yourselves a favor and Google the movie Armies of the Deep, the most amazing movie that none of us are ever going to see, starring Olga Kurilenko. It was like a hundred and something million dollar uh, pet project that some billionaire made that was going to be this like fantasy underwater epic. And it ran into like ridiculous production programs and like will never be seen, I think. And it's a shame because it was going to be it was some kind of like weird response to Avatar when Avatar came out. Some billionaire was like, I'm going to make my own Russian Chinese (laughs) avatar or something like that. Anyway, Google Armies of the Deep. It's a very interesting story. Um, But yeah, this would be way a way bigger deal than that. This would be like an all timer uh, thing. I think, oh, Empires of the Deep. I'm sorry. Thank you, Super 7. You know what? Let's bring Super 7 on because he's clearly like, I don't, you don't even need me. I'm just going (laughs) to, I'm going to quit here. I'm just going to, you know what? I'm just going to bring him up here. Hold on. Sure. Hey, man. Hey, Good evening, hey. Neil. <laughs> thank you for thank you for your wingmanning me. <laughs> of course, of course. Um, what I wanted to say was that I feel like if they did release it in theaters, they would have to like, like totally like Poochie, right? The the Miller Flash, right? Like yes. like just like the movie ends, right? It's all happy, and then suddenly they're like, oh, and, and then Barry Allen died, or something. Some, they have to they have to <laughs> film some kind of like um, epilogue that. That's like, amazing. Kill, kills him and then makes you like interested in the next movie or something. Yeah, if somebody, they, if like, they did release it. somebody like gets a yeah. phone call yeah. and they're like, I'm sorry, Barry Allen just died of a heart attack. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or something, yeah, something like that. Just to kind of segue into the Flash show, they could basically just do like a North 2 sort of thing or a North 3 or a North 47 or whatever because they have their own version of the multiverse. But I, I almost... There, I, I say that they should try to, like, recast and reshoot just from, like, a budgetary perspective. From a purely, like, artistic perspective, they should just reshoot the whole movie. Because I know that if you try to, like, splice in a new character or a new main character, everybody's going to sit there and, like, analyze the shit out of that movie and be like... Okay, this is from the original. This is new. This is original. This is new. And I, and, and there's a part you're, of me that's like, just you're, right. you're, you're so right. And just reshoot. It's like a meta. It's like a meta trap. Like there is almost no way that you can avoid the meta overtaking the actual movie unless you yeah. just remake it from scratch. Just, just salt the Which, earth. Yikes! <laughs> but like again, I, I like I wanna I wanna see this thing. Like I'm a big fan of like. Um, you know, movies that were not made, you know, unmade movies or movies that weren't finished and like got scrapped and stuff. Like I'm a big fan of that shit. Like, uh, like Superman lives, for example, which was the Nicholas cage Superman movie. There's a documentary on it by the late John Schnepp called the death of Superman lives. It's a really interesting documentary about this Superman movie that, that never got made and, and could have, ruined it could have ruined superhero movies it could have like set superhero movies back an extra decade if it had gotten made like that's a a very interesting thing to think about and so yeah but this would be like this is like the holy grail of shit like that like an entire 200 million dollar movie that like due to 
real world circumstances had to be like put in a vault somewhere. Ah, come on. I got to see it. I mean, and I'm not even saying like, I don't even know, like I, I've not watched Justice League. I don't know if Ezra Miller does a good or a bad flash in that. But I mean, this movie, like you, you cannot release yeah. The Ezra Miller version of this he, because it's going to taint the whole extended universe. Yeah, like you, and he's fine. Like yeah, he's he like like I, I have no problem with him. I I think he's like uh, he they whatever. Uh, uh, we, <laughs> we we need to talk about Kevin with Tilda Swinton and Ezra Miller. Mm-hmm. Phenomenally yeah. good drama movie. Good at like good at, at, act actors. Mm-hmm. What's the non-binary? You can use actors. It's fine. It's actors, fine. they're good <laughs> actors. <laughs> um, um, yeah. Anyway, I, it, so like, but and and it's not like it, it's not like the Flash is going to be grooming anyone in this version of the movie. Obviously, like, but just like now, the, the sort of the curiosity of like this thing that might never get released. I want to see it just because of that, because it might not, because I might not be able to. That's why the Snyder Cut was such a – I don't like it particularly, I, 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 but it, it's so amazing that it happened, that this meme came to life and like – and that it was yeah. – like it was worth it just for that to me, for that weird experience of it, of this thing that everybody laughed at, like the Snyder Cut. Go watch uh, Dan Olson's video about how the Snyder Cut doesn't exist. It's fucking, it's crazy to watch now. And, and maybe there'll be a thing where release the Miller Cut where everybody wants to see the Ezra Miller version yes. of the Flash. But I mean, yes. you cannot, you cannot release this wide. Like, I'm sorry. Warner or they'll Brothers put it out. Up. Oh, you know what? You know uh, that Warner Brothers, uh, when you uh, when you watch old like uh, Looney Tunes cartoons, they just come up. They have, there's a splash screen that says like, uh, "This is a product of its time, so please don't get offended." <laughs> you cannot do that with this. Uh, here, I got it. Here, here, here's yeah. what it says. I'm going to read to you the, the the language of it. The cartoons you are about to see are products of their time. They may depict some of the ethnic and racial prejudices that were commonplace in American society. These depictions were wrong then and are wrong today. While the following does not represent the Warner Brothers' view of today's society, these cartoons are being presented as they were originally created because to do otherwise would be the same as claiming these prejudices never existed. And so their excuse is like, oh no, we're like a museum to racism. <laughs> watch, go watch this cartoon. It's like, I mean, it's whatever, who cares? Like, that's the thing. It's like, a, you know, it's like, a, it's, like a, it's like a weird, it's like one of those things where it says like the presenter is not a doctor. It's like, whatever. You're, we, we understand. You don't want to face responsibility for airing something problematic. I don't care to even read this splash screen because like, you know, I'm not a, like, I don't give a crap because it's, it's just old Looney Tunes cartoons. Um, and so it's this kind of tacit agreement, but yeah, like, could you imagine? Does that explain that, that disclaimer like extend to Bugs Bunny being like a trans sometimes to, um, entice Elmer Fudd into I, I mean whatever. I mean I mean I mean yes but on the other hand on the other hand you'd be surprised because that is often cited as an example of like you know quote unquote queer humor that like people 
had no problem with their kids watching many years ago. And so it's weird how certain things shift as certain certain things like if you sat if you watch like Bugs Bunny in a dress with lips you know put lipstick on and I go kiss Elmer Fudd like you said like that was just like that was just played as a total gag like your your parents didn't think that you were being groomed by Warner Brothers because <laughs> of that but now like do that now and you actually might and like someone might say like oh look at Disney trying to turn them all into drag queens like. Again, it's it's funny how he said. By the way, I think you just witnessed the birth of a meme that I'm gonna create. I'm gonna I'm gonna like I'm gonna like create a like a <laughs> a fake version of this Warner, this famous Warner Brothers Looney Tunes thing about Ezra Miller, the Flash movie you were about to see. <laughs> it's representative of the time before we knew Ezra Miller yes, was potentially yeah. a groomer we're and working. speaking to twelve year old girls. Please well, don't this live. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you. A, pro- a, product, a product of the time before we knew. <laughs> That's great. I love that. <laughs> Please and, still watch our movies. Thank you. Yeah, yes. And so again, anyway, I'm. I just, I, you know, I just want to see what happens. The release date, the official release date for this movie currently is exactly a year from today, or like a year and a day, June twenty yeah. third of uh, of twenty twenty three. Yeah, um, and also it's already notoriously one of the most delayed movies ever. Not released. That's Morbius is the one that uh, that's. Uh, <laughs> Uh, where the theatrical release got delayed the most. But this movie's like production. It kept changing. I think James Wan was going to direct this at some point. I think it had like six different directors like get hired, yes. leave. It, it kept getting it's pushed back drama. and back. No, it was just that this this movie has been like a dis, like a like like cursed already. Yeah, it's weird how how movies uh, like that just get unlucky sometimes. And like everything goes wrong, and even when you think finally, okay, finally we made the movie, we got Michael Keaton. Everybody went crazy when we showed the Michael Keaton thing. No, now this has to happen. Ugh. And also, Warner Brothers is dealing with the Amber Heard situation with Aquaman, and it's just like it's 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 a lot. They dealing with a lot. Yeah. Ooh. So, you know, I didn't even think of that. Where they were like, I think they're I think they're cutting her out of. The Aquaman 2 movie, which is just like, what, again, how fortunes flip, how quickly uh, things change. Yeah, Neil, I saw you on mute. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to look up, like, what what is the petition to have her removed? Like, at how many million signatures they're going to be happy if they actually cut her out of the movie? Well, you know, I think I, I always laugh at those petitions because, you know, because whatever, because like how long does it take somebody to sign a petition? It's not really indicative, but it is interesting that um, it is interesting that like the second the verdict came down, there was this idea of like, well, now Johnny Depp got cast in a thing. He got cast in the Beetlejuice remake and she instantly was announced that they were like, no, we don't want anything to do with her. It was like everyone was just waiting. I, it's almost as though the industry kind of under knew what was going on but couldn't act until there was a verdict like that it felt so immediate it wasn't that like all of a sudden hollywood woke up the day after the trial and we're like oh let's hire johnny you know those things like take time and stuff yeah i feel like maybe even as the trial went on maybe a lot of producers and stuff who might have been watching it i mean i'm sure studios 
Like, if you were some kind of big studio executive, I would have had my assistant just watch the trial every day and, like, give me Cliff's notes to know what was going on. I, 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 something that feels as though there was this understanding of what was going to happen, but the, but nobody was going to act until it actually happened. And also, I mean, these things take months and months and months to kind of get into place. So I wouldn't be surprised if, like, like studios were back-channeling to depth, being like, okay, you know, if this situation pans out, do you want to do this? Do you want to do that? Yes. Do you want to be on Ballad, Beetlejuice? you want to come back to Fantastic Beasts? you want to do whatever, you know? That's hilarious. It's like the Zimmerman, it's like the Zimmerman telegram, which was like a big thing in, uh, that, that helped bring uh, the U.S. into World War One, where the Germans said to the Mexicans, look, if the U.S., they sent them a telegram and said, like, look, we want to make a deal with you. If the U.S. enters the war, you join us and we'll help you like retake Texas and California and New Mexico and like uh, like intelligence like intercepted it and it, it was like leaked to the press and people didn't believe it and then the Germans came out and were like yeah we did it <laughs> but like but it was a hypothetical we only said like if they yeah. joined the war and the US was like what? that's not what <laughs> you can't just say like so what <laughs> we don't care there was a hypothetical and so yeah i feel like i feel like there was a lot of zimmerman telegrams going to johnny depp's people like look <laughs> we want you for this thing but just we just gotta the paper the paperwork's just gotta clear first <laughs> speaking of paperwork that needs to clear um let's go ahead and pivot to elon musk I just gotta give you. I just gotta give you a round of applause for that <laughs> unbelievable segue, Jan. Like, like I'm, I'm good at this. Excellent. At that, this. Was, that was that uh, was that was some that was some quality <laughs> podcasting. Wow, the petition is up to four point six million. That's very interesting. Okay. Yes. Anyway, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not breaking your segue. Elon Musk. Okay, the petition for Elon Musk to buy Twitter is not up to 4.6 million, but it does have unanimous approval from the board of directors, which is the next step legally, financially, as far as Elon Musk being able to buy Twitter. This does not mean that he's going to own Twitter tomorrow. There's still a lot of hurdles to go through. There's still investors to sign off on this. You still have the SEC, the Securities and Exchange Commission, not the football conference to sign off on this. So, but we are one step closer to Elon Musk owning Twitter. And kind of the news for me coming out of this was the payouts that are going to be coming forth. Um, for Jack, I believe it is going to be $938 million, which is understandable as the CEO and founder of Twitter. Yes, he's going to get a massive fucking payout. Good Lord. I got to DM um, him again. He follows me. So like we, we've, we've had a couple of conversations in DMs and I got to be like, dude, you got to build. Can I, can I get like, <laughs> can you give me like 50 grand? <laughs> it's, like, it's like not, it's like, like I'll, I'll take. Like I'll take ten. Like I'm, I'm not even yeah, that like, picky right now. <laughs> come on, you like my dog pics a few times. Like you think I'll, I'll buy her something nice with your. I'll earmark some of that money to buy her something nice. I'll give her a spa day. I'll give her a whole photo. <laughs> give her a professional photo shoot and tweet it for your pleasure. <laughs> but, but also, like the big news is, Parang, who I'm not even going to butcher his last name. Anyway, the current CEO of Twitter 
who has not even in the, been on the job for a year, his payout is going to be, I believe, $48 million, which that is a sweet fucking payout for a job that you ain't even had for a year. What about what's her name? Uh, the poor bullied yeah, chief seen, legal lawyer or whatever. Yeah, I've not seen anybody report on what her payout would be, but I'm assuming it would probably be in the double digit millions of dollars which it has to I, be i mean she her just her salary alone was like 17 million dollars last year or something like that it, so it, and also we don't know like st- stock options i don't know what the i don't know how that stuff works um but um and, and yeah, with a, regards a lot of, like mechanical like financial things that still have to happen before this is all official and who gets what and who all gets paid out and everybody getting squared away. Yeah. It's, it's like a whole, it's a whole process. Like yeah. it's not like just buying something. Like but, store. but I, here's what I recommend with the story. Uh, money talks and bullshit walks. And I, I, all I pay attention to is news like this because Twitter is always a Twitter <laughs> because that's what it does. <laughs> And they're always trying to like say, "Well, see, man, ooh, he, ooh he's a, he lot us in trouble. Oh, the board's not gonna like this, or the board's not gonna like that." And ultimately, uh, uh, it's gonna take a, a, a me who does not understand a lot about this. I'm going off of people who do, but it also makes extreme common sense that a deal this massive doesn't just come along and. Uh, like you said, you, you're just outlining just a little bit of the crazy amount, uh, the crazy windfall that a lot of the people involved here are going to experience. And it's going to take a lot to get between you and that. Again, if you're staring uh, tens or potentially even hundreds of millions of dollars in the face, tweets are not going to fucking blow that up. Yeah, it, it's like there's a lot of money involved here. And people keep kind of looking at this deal like, okay, Elon Musk is going to blow it up somehow. Like there's going to be something about his demands to see how many spam bots are on the site or his things with Dogecoin or everything with Tesla or this or that or the other. And I'm like, I, y'all are putting a lot of faith in something that I – I mean, as far as I'm concerned, this deal is going forward. I mean, I've seen nothing from Elon Musk that give, really gives me pause to think that he's not going to go forward with purchasing Twitter. If he's not, what's the play? I mean, the deal, like you said, the deal could fall through for a million different reasons, right? Some scandal breaks out, like an actual scandal, not a dumb you know, Taylor Lorenz minutes type scandal. <laughs> We're going to get we'll to get that. There, people. Don't we'll get there, yes. it's, it's brief. It's literally going to be a minute this time. <laughs> that we're going to be true to the name. But it's like, but I'm saying like, let's some giant embezzlement scandal at SpaceX involving him or I don't know, something like that. Sure, sure. Investors uh, turn tail. Nobody wants to do business with him. But even... 
But if he's doing it for trolling, like what's the end game? Because there it, there are negative consequences if he then if he then backs out in a way that makes it look like he wasn't serious to begin with. That's really bad for him. Like again, people will not want to do business with him. People will not take him seriously. It, both co-investors and potential like you know like people to do business with, sell stuff to, or buy stuff from. Uh, like you don't like people think because again because he's like a t- shit poster, people think that he conducts himself like that like in in his business dealings and I mean clearly he doesn't because clearly still the biggest and the the most rich yeah. do want to do business with him all the time. It's like so maybe the shit poster thing is not indicative of how he like conducts himself in that sphere. And I mean, clearly he is one of the most successful businessmen. I mean, he is one of the world's richest people, if not the world's richest person, given whatever day of the week it is. Clearly this dude does not suck at business. But there's also mechanisms in this Twitter deal where if Twitter wanted to force the issue, they could force him to buy Twitter. He could have to pay upwards of a billion dollars for backing out of the deal, which I don't think Elon Musk really cares about that if he wanted to back out of the deal. But everybody seems to be kind of like hanging their hat on the fact that he's going to back out of this deal for some reason. And I'm I'm not seeing it. I don't I, I don't see why he would at this point like I. I it feels like a lot of wish casting to me. Like people are like, oh, this is not going to happen because A, B, C, D, X, Y, Z. And I'm like, but okay, that's shit that could happen, but that's not shit that is happening. And he's not acting like it's happening. And he's going forward. So I don't know exactly what kind of coping mechanism this is. And plus, I'm, I'm I still like, my still main thing is I don't care if he buys Twitter or not. Like I, I genuinely don't give a shit. It's I think he's – yeah, I think the, 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 the reason that this is so unique in the landscape is that it appears to be – like it's, you know, it's one of the biggest purchases ever whatever. But it's also not done for traditional reasons. It's almost uh, – he's, it's almost – he's doing it almost like a speculator. It's almost like he's he's buying it in the same way that you would buy crypto as opposed to like buy a house. Like when Facebook bought Instagram, that was like somebody buying a house. That was someone saying like we're a we're a thing and you're a big thing and if we bring you into our thing, we're going to be an even bigger thing that like also caters to like a different kind of audience and we'll be able to extend our reach. It was like a very straightforward social network buys other social network, right? Elon Musk is buying this. He's kind of betting on the future. He's not really – it's not going to make him $44 billion in any kind of short-term way. But he's looking at it both as a thing that has a very wasted opportunity. It's not thinking – it's not very forward thinking about how it monetizes. It's still very traditionalist in its structure. Like for example, he said like for example, if you're some kind of corporate or brand account and you're selling stuff through Twitter, why isn't Twitter seeing any of that money? Like it makes perfect sense if you're – 
you know, if you're again, if you're a brand and you're, you know, if and your brand account is pushing people to your store where you sell them shit, and that's and you're on Twitter doing that, like why? Why isn't there some kind of transactional fee for Twitter? Like you're using them, right, for your like a professional account. That's not me or you, right? That's Nike or whatever, um, and all kinds of things like that, and. He does see its value in like global discourse and how society conducts itself and societal priorities and stuff. And not, at least not officially or not openly in a, in a way where like I can steer debate. I think he actually thinks about removing steering from the debate, which is a, a kind of a for that's kind of, that's kind of Jack's thing as well, you know, Jack Dorsey, who we were talking about, um, also kind of has that attitude, that sort of that idea of like the decentralization and the the idea like uh, like both sort of privacy and open sourceness and stuff where like nobody is telling the internet what direction to go in. You kind of let it as a kind of emergent behavior. It's sort of futurist thinking. Um, and that that's weird to people because it hasn't a purchase like this for these reasons, hasn't really happened yet. Purchases this big usually happen for traditional economic reasons. And, and before we pivot to our, our favorite person, I, I kind of <laughs> wanted, wanted to just kind of like put a cap on this conversation is to like what I was saying on the last pod as far as people who are in tech do not really operate or think in the same ways that we do. And so... Elon, uh, like a lot of people find it very hard to believe that Elon Musk would certainly just buy Twitter just because he has certain stances on free speech. But I'm like, you don't understand how people like him think and how like having that kind of money is just like it, it puts you in a completely different realm where it's like, yeah, I can spend $54 billion to do this thing because I have $54 billion. Like it, it, it's a completely different mindset. That yeah. Although I don't, again, I don't think that's the only reason I think, like I said, I think he, he, he's, uh, he's betting on the future in the same way, by the way, that all the money he's pouring into like Mars stuff is betting on the future is playing. That's by the way, why a lot of these tech people also are very into the idea of, uh, uh, uh like, uh, life extension, because we're, we're getting to the point in technology where like a lot of things happen on a slightly longer time scale. It's not like, oh, the next phone. You're saying like this tech is going to be there in 20 years, in 30 years. Yeah. Like we can kind of see that we just need like we need that X amount of time to get there. And so, yeah, but but I think he I think he's thinking about what what part is Twitter going to be playing in the online world 10 years from now, not right now, and whether or not it's worth a bet that big. And he's betting on the future. He's betting that, yes, in the future. It's a lo- It's essentially like a long, a long yeah. game uh, purchase. Um, I think he's right. I think he's right. Um, yeah, because because I see because I see where online is going. I think it's it's a it's a smart purchase. But yeah, you gotta have the ability to to put that kind of money on a essentially yeah. on a gamble. It's okay. a calculated risk. But yeah. So okay, go ahead. 
Oh, okay. So yes. <laughs> so for our last for our last thing, we had to go back to <clears throat> the Taylor Lorenz minute. I'm just gonna keep listen. I just want to make. I just want to make. A, I just want to make this clear. We're not. We're not. I'm not letting up. I'm not letting up with this. This is a bit. I'm making a jingle. And I, and he texted me the jingle, y'all. It, it, it's real. Yes, and I, you know, if she, if she, if if she mentions us, by the way, we're going to literally do this every week. For thus far, we're not. As I said in my when I tweeted the episode of our podcast, I said we don't create the discourse because people like Michael Hobbs are going to complain, like, oh look, everybody's jumping all over whatever. We don't create this. The 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 cycles happen, and we discuss them. That's all. When we have a million listeners, you can accuse us of creating the discourse. For now, we're just covering the news. <laughs> and the news, the important news this week is that Taylor Lorenz <laughs> scolded Matt Iglesias. Who made a joke about long COVID. Who made a dumb dad joke about long COVID. He said something like, I got COVID. And then like in, in the next tweet, he said something like all future typos are going to be blamed on long COVID. Like for like for real innocuous. And she yeah. has to go in there like, you know, you, you're making uh, people have to suffer with long COVID for years. And it's not particularly f- funny or fun. And then, yeah, a lot, a lot of people who were like <laughs> suffering with long COVID responded to her like, shut up. <laughs> And, like, I don't even want to go into a discussion about long COVID because I have no clue. Nobody has any clue. But the point of the joke was not about long COVID. It was about typos. The joke was about typos. <laughs> and, and, and so, but but again, you've got to, she's got to roll up in there and be like, but I, but the people with long COVID, like, you should really not joke about them because, like, it's serious and people have long COVID. And it's like, it was just a fucking joke. God, it was just a fucking joke about Matt Iglesias having COVID. Like, can you people please goddamn not? And then I think he was talking about walking around outside. And again, she was, and then again, she plus other people jumped on him. Like, shouldn't you be isolating? You should be isolating. And like, he's it, outside. And again, yeah, we're in, we're in, we're in June of 2022. Right. Those people are still stuck in 2020. And, uh, and, and in addition, again, the idea that telling a, 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 a chuckle, a half chuckle worthy quip, like, oh, I'm gonna, and he's even like the, also the idea is he's, he's saying this about himself. Like he's saying like, I'm going to blame my fuck ups on long COVID. That's what he's saying. He's not saying like, he's not mocking long COVID. He's saying like, I'm gonna cover up my own bullshit by saying, Oh, I got long COVID. Like that's, if you were to say something like people with long COVID, everybody who's, who says they have long COVID are just covering up for their fuck ups then yeah, whatever, go scold him because people are suffering with long COVID. But like, that wasn't what the joke was about. That, that, that's the thing. Like, I don't understand how that's making light of long COVID. It's not. He's, he's saying that he would have used it as an excuse. Like, like, it, like the typos already exist. Yeah, like now we're going to blame them on long COVID. But like now offensive has just become like, if you mention the thing in a joke, 
no matter in what context it appears in the joke, because it's in a joke, that means you're making light of it. Except that I think we've explained this before on the pod that very often uh, awful th- jokes with awful things in them work because we understand that the awful thing is awful. It's like we, we talked about that joke, what's worse than finding a worm in your apple, the Holocaust, mm-hmm. right? And that and the joke there is that you're not making light of the, on the contrary, you're saying the Holocaust is the worst thing that's ever happened. And therefore, like the joke is, yeah, duh, it's worse than that. It's worse than everything, right? You're not making light of it. No, and it's also Iglesias making a joke about himself and his own body and his COVID and how maybe, I I mean, he's not saying he's going to have long COVID. It's just like a serious, just offhand joke about typos. Again, the joke is about typos. It's not about long COVID. She has a chip on her her shoulder because what you said, because of what you said, because you said, I don't know anything about long COVID, right? And why did you say that? Because there is some measure of of uncertainty about long covid there there are studies that you know that that aren't showing particularly good results but do show you know like the people who are in a way like this is hard to 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 be to to be like accurate and true to the thing but there was a study recently that seemed to suggest that people who were more likely to be covid anxious we're also more likely to report having long COVID-related symptoms. And so the idea was like, not that it was psychosomatic, but it was essentially like, yes, cumulative stress and shit. I mean, that's a real, that is a real con- condition. Cumulative stress that leads you to like be uh, lethargic, have a hard time concentrating. It doesn't mean you have long COVID, but it, it also doesn't mean that you're making shit up. But uh, but yeah, like, and I think I think that's where Lorenz is coming from, from the idea of like, don't you're insinuating that long COVID is bullshit, right? That was I think that was like her low key like insinuation, but he wasn't. And even if he was, if he was saying it about himself, like you said, he's he's sick and he's joking about his own disease. Like, shut up already! Why are you doing this? And then she complains again. Then she complains like, oh, look, I'm trending again. It's not – it's like st- – then why are you doing this? Stop I mean, it. You, she literally could have just not commented on Iglesias' dumb, long COVID joke and none of this would have happened. No, it, it, it's, it, it's because she needs to insert herself into every single fucking situation on the planet – and it's like, what? Like, why am I trending? Like, because you chose to go do a super fucking pedantic comment on a joke. Like, that's why you're trending. That's why. Yeah, because she's a huge. That. Yeah, she's like, a, she's a huge COVID scold. She's like a self-styled like avatar of the immunocompromised and stuff. She's she claims that she's somehow immunocompromised, and I don't know how. I've never seen any indication of what she has, other than I think she has uh, trichotillomania. She she pulls her own hair out. I think that's something that she discussed, um, which again is like a stress related thing, yeah. an anxiety related thing. Um, and uh, yeah, I think we're right about to wrap up. Oh, by the way, I I just because we're again because 
speaking of Taylor Lorenz also made me think about uh, about Felicia. She has not tweeted since that thing, June 9th. <laughs> I just, I today I thought to myself like, wait, is she still like, is she still radio silent? Yup. Her, Her watch finally been, ended. Yeah. <laughs> and I, now my watch has ended. I'm very, I'm, I'm very, uh, again, there's, there, we have definitely not heard the last of this. Absolutely not. There's going to be some kind of, uh, there's going to be some kind of profile of her in some kind of magazine. There's going to be some sort of lawsuit, some kind of book. I don't know what's going to be, but, but we haven't heard the last of this. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I think we're, uh, I think we're right about to, uh, to, to, to wrap this up, uh, like we said, you know, like Sunday, who knows what's going to be happening between now and Sunday with the Dobbs. Uvalde has been an absolute disaster. Oh yeah. I mean, we're not going to end on a downer. We're going to have to, we're going to have to talk a little bit of that on Sunday, I think, because yeah. just, it's just, it's unbelievable. Like I said, I jokingly said on Twitter, like, can this story please stop getting worse? And then it's like, God laughed at me. I was like, oh yeah, watch what I do now. Yeah. Sucker. There you go. You should have kept your mouth shut and not jinxed it. Oof. Anyway, we're not going to, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that on Sunday. On Sunday. Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's it for for all crossed out this week. Uh, Jen, I want to do some of those uh, some of those sweet sweet plugs. Okay, so Colin, you're here. You already know where to find us. Obviously, you can also find us on podcast catchers if you don't catch us here. Um, our main pod, ambitious crossover attempts. Apple, Google Play, Spotify, Amazon slash Audible, all your podcast catchers comes out every monday slash tuesday depending on whether monday's a holiday whatever anywho you can also find us on twitter at ambx over you can find me on twitter at that jen monroe and you can find me on substack at jen monroe.substack.com yay i'm neon taster on twitter and also youtube.com slash c slash neon taster and twitch.tv slash neon taster thank you neil super 7x also on twitter and thank twitch you. I like Neil and his stuff a lot. He's a he's a cool dude. Thank you for uh, thank you for joining us tonight. And thanks everyone. Have a have a good night and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye everyone. Good night.